I want to say what a, a joy it is to be here. And what a joy it is to see you. I've been seeing you on Zoom, as it were. And uh, it's, it's lovely to be here. And thank you, Lansford and Ali, for your, your welcome. Thank you, Tony, <laughs> too, for his uh, invitation to come and uh, to speak to you. And what a fantastic gospel passage we have to look at. So, with more ado, let's pray. Loving God, you inspired writers to penless scriptures. Speak to us now. Speak to us through the written word and the spoken word that we may see your truth and follow in your way. Amen. Friends, we have in this passage a really vivid story. It's a story uh, that gives us a remarkable encounter, a profound question, some interesting social interaction, and all in these few verses. I want you to imagine the scene. We're at the edge of the city of Jericho. It's a sunny day. It's probably in springtime early springtime and the rabbi Jesus is making his way out of town there's lots of commotion around this because people have heard what happened yesterday <coughs> you remember about Zacchaeus and the commotion and the fuss that there was that Jesus should talk to him up the tree know him by name go to his house have an encounter now, Mark, who writes the gospel, did not know this. Luke knows it, and it's in chapter 19. But it sets the scene, because everybody in the city knew it. It had been that morning in the Jericho Echo. There had been people tweeting about it. There were pictures all over Instagram about it where Zacchaeus and Jesus stood together. So those who gathered and followed Jesus that morning, they knew. They were wondering what exciting thing might be happening next when all of a sudden, this bloke sat on the floor. He starts shouting. Don't you know you don't matter? Don't you know you're just a beggar? He doesn't want to talk to the likes of you. Son of Timaeus. He was well known, this son of Timaeus. He came and sat there every day. As people exited the city on their way to Jerusalem and their devotion, pious people passing, a beggar sat on the street, they might feel as though they could be generous. And so he did fairly well. 
by sitting in this prime spot. But for goodness sake, he doesn't want to talk to you. Shut up. That's a, that's a Yorkshire translation of Mark's gospel, right? Shut up, son of Timaeus. We're a bit embarrassed by him, Jesus. Let's just um, stand here so you don't see him too well. Uh, we don't want you to engage with him. Anyway, son of Timaeus, he won't want to talk with you. He'll talk to greater people than you are. Ah, but he does. And Bartimaeus calls out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The man with no name He's just known by his father's name. The man with no name speaks to the one who was given a name. Yeshua. And actually, he knows something about him. He may be sat there on the floor. He may be blind, but he sees something about this Jesus of Nazareth. He calls Jesus, Yeshua, son of David. Now, this is a messianic title. This is a title that was used to describe the one who was coming. This is a title that people would recognize. How is it that this bloke who has no standing in our city, no place amongst the important people, that he is the one that recognizes that Jesus of Nazareth, who is passing by, is also the son of David. He couldn't see, but he understood. Moreover, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some translations use the word pity, have pity on me. But in our English language, that doesn't convey the thrust and the power of the word that is here, mercy. Mercy is a word that is used right the way through the Bible, and it is a divine attribute. God is merciful. God shows in the Old Testament, said, loving kindness, mercy. We use the word grace often in the New Testament and today, but it's about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the loving kindness of God that comes down to us. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is not Bartimaeus dialing up 111. Can you help me with my sight? This is Bartimaeus saying, I need something fundamental in my life. And I recognize that you are the one that can actually deal with this. 
does the divine one, does the divine one have anything to do with people like me, in effect, says Bartimaeus? But he does. And what happens next in the story is really unexpected. For Mark records him throwing off his cloak. Now, imagine. Here is Bartimaeus. He's sat on the floor. I guess he's cross-legged. At least I think of him like that. He sat on his cloak. His cloak is... It's his comfort. It's his safety. Everything that he has, all his meager possessions, are inside the folds of that cloak, if you like, the pockets of that cloak. The little bit of money that has been collected this day is with him in the cloak. All his takings for the day, all he is, all he has, is in that cloak. But he abandons it all. He throws it off. And he leaps up. Why? Because the one who cannot see perceives the truth, understands the implications of Jesus coming by. If you go back one verse... Well, the one that Judith read for us so helpfully. It says that Jesus is the one who comes to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That is the context that Mark has for this particular incident. A ransom for Jesus is on the road to Jerusalem. He's on the way to Gethsemane. He's on the way to Golgotha. He's on the way to the resurrection. And so the question, which is, in effect, the title of this sermon, is, what do you want me to do for you? Now, isn't that a silly question? Here's a blind man who leaps up. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Isn't it obvious? Well, what's intriguing is that the same question was asked by Jesus a few verses earlier in chapter 10. And in that context, it's the disciples and in particular, James and John. What do you want me to do for you, says Jesus to James and John. And their answer is about position and about power. But not Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus has a simple answer. My teacher. <laughs> Bartimaeus is connecting himself with Jesus. Not just the teacher, any teacher, my teacher, translated in the version that was read to us as, as rabbi, but it's possessive. Lord, I am connected to you. <coughs> we've, never met, we've never met before. 
You've never seen me before. But I see I'm connected to you. For you are the one who can really understand me, can see me, can help me, can bring to me healing and wholeness. My teacher, let me see again. <laughs> Mark uses this story because he is the one who is seeing. He might be blind, but my goodness, does he understand and perceive the truth of what is happening around him. And Jesus asks you and me today, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? If your answer is about position and power, well, he might say, okay, well, you'll have it. But if your answer is, Lord, I need to receive all that you want to give me. Lord, I need to see, perceive, understand, receive your mercy, your loving kindness, your grace. Then you get into the heart of it. It might be reaching out for healing and wholeness, as indeed was Bartimaeus. It might be that like him, we should see and understand and recognize the truth of Jesus of Nazareth, who comes on the way to the city, the holy city, but to the cross and the resurrection. It might be that we plead for grace, saving grace, cleansing mercy, receiving in the orbit of God's love and life. <coughs> it might be that we desire a heart to follow the Christian faith and to understand Jesus. And I hope it is. I hope it is. And I hope as we come week by week and worship that actually we're wanting to go deeper, broader, higher <coughs> in, the, in, in all that God wants to bring us. But I want to say to you today that as well as an individual answer to Jesus, what do you want me to do for you? I think there's a collective context in which we need to ask this question. I've done a lateral flow test, you're all right. I don't have COVID. I just have a cough. They've been keeping me preaching all morning, you see. <coughs> and I want to suggest to you that actually, what do you want me to do for you? Well, Lord, we need your help as we care for creation. We proclaim with the psalmist that the earth is the Lord's. And therefore, we help us, Lord, to call on the leaders of our world, not just to 
attend COP26, the Conference of the Participants 26, but actually to commit to policies that will restrict and even reverse global warming. And not just to have glib words, we've had too many of them. As that young lady keeps saying, blah, 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 will not get us very far. But a political determination to see the policies through. And actually, not just the leaders, but what about you and me? Making those changes that we can so that our carbon footprint is not as big as it might otherwise have been, to care for creation, to challenge our own lifestyles. There are simple things we can do. There are bigger things that we need to do about mobility and about our homes. We need help for that, but to care for creation and also Lord, help us to serve the community. In a rich nation like ours, we need to commit to supporting the poor. And I rejoice in our Methodist history. And right from the beginning with the Wesleys, the litmus test for good governance was how we treat and support the poor. There are many things, quite frankly, that come to mind that we could say. But the recent reduction in universal credit needs to be reversed. Lord, what do you want me to do? Or rather, Jesus says, what do you want me to do? We could do with a change there. And when we learn the importance of our caring for others, the equality with people, the care of people, the support of people. And as we move around our communities, doing so in such a way that we care for others when the virus, the virus is so prevalent. So care of creation, serving the community, also, sharing our faith. Do you know, my friends, there has been no better time in the last 10, 20 years than there is at the moment to share our faith and to give people hope that we, the people of God, will have a living flame of grace in our lives and through our lives, living out the truth of the grace of God in such a way that we may help others to find meaning and hope and life in Christ. Sharing our faith and also in the struggle for justice. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, help us to call on politicians and community leaders and ourselves to turn from policies of exclusion and inequality, to recognize the goodness in every single person, to call out the best in people, to seek to break down barriers and to build bridges. 
to negate those policies which ultimately divide people and communities and nations. <coughs> and to take hold of the policies that make for peace so that we can be peacemakers. <coughs> what do you want me to do for you? Well, collectively and for our community. We want to share our faith. We want to serve the community. We want to struggle for justice. We want to care for creation. But Jesus also asks us, you and me, personally, what do you want me to do for you? Well, this passage gives us a perspective on possessions. What's really important is the interaction between Bartimaeus and Jesus. The stuff with his cloak, that's not ultimately important. The passage also challenges us to be ready to leap up at the opportunity to respond to God's call. And maybe God is calling you in some way. The passage too challenges us to abandon whatever holds us back from following in the way. And ultimately, to see, to see God's way and God's mercy and God's grace in our lives. Why? For our transformation and that grace to flow through our lives so that others may also see it. You know, the passage, the passage ends. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you whole. That's the word. And immediately he regained his sight and followed him in the way. We need to be people of the way. Following Jesus in the way. It has personal implications for us and for our own individual and personal spirituality, for our collective community as God's people, but also in the challenge that we make to the world outside. Therefore, let us be people who, like Bartimaeus, call out to God, call out to Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on our worshipping body. Have mercy on our nation. Amen.